Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Yes, hello and welcome to one of our favourite episodes every season, which is our Q&A, our question, question and answer session, no, episode, our question and answer episode. Um, we're excited, aren't we Matt? We are indeed. So as per usual format, we get sent questions from people like yourself Yes. And then we do our best to answer them and probably butcher them along the way. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) So normally as it goes, I read out the question, then I waffle on with some blithering, vague response and Courtney gives a real answer (laughs) and we go from there. We try to answer and then hope it works out in the end. So, hey, shall we? Let's do it. All right, I'll start Mm -hmm. as I do. Question from Ricky. I have a question for the podcast that I've been too afraid to ask. What is the actual success rate of your clients? Success as in they successfully complete at least a year's worth of programs. I know you said multiple times it's low in general, but I imagine your screening process makes it higher. So curious, thanks. Good person to ask since she is one of our clients. So the actual success rate by this this particular metric is rather high. Mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give an actual percentage because like, I haven't gone and worked it out, but just based on the people that we work with, it's I'm I'm comfortable saying at least ninety percent. Finish the year. Finish the year. How they finish that year can be very very different. Yeah. In terms of trajectory, arrow pointing up, arrow pointing down. You like you'll get some that will probably start a bit too hard for their own good, despite our recommendations of like, hey, take it slow. This is... Pace yourself. Pace yourself. And some will start at the old bull in the china shop Mm. and overcook themselves and fade hard towards the end. Some just drop and we never hear from them again. We call it radio silence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Others gain steam. Mm. In fact, that's actually the majority of people tend to gain steam because the first the first 12 weeks with us, like anything new, is a learning curve. And, well, there's a lot to learn. And you're sort of finding your bearings. What's, what's this all about? What am I using? What, what's expected of me? And it takes time to figure things out and get your feet underneath you and they start to build up from there. But the vast majority do get to the end of the 12 months. It's like I said, just how they get there will vary. Changes, yeah. Thoughts? I agree. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll go to the next one. Question from Wanda. Hey, Matt and Courtney. I love when my name comes first. Hey, Matt and Courtney, I lost my first 80 pounds without any supplements. I know this feeling. I feel ready now for a pre-workout or some protein powder to help recover my body faster. 
What should I check out first? I know you like whey protein, but what type of whey? Kind of a loaded question since one of us does not use whey protein. Mm. Would you like to take that one before I jump in on the actual answer? Because <laughs> like, my point here is like, yeah, whey protein is great, but some people can't tolerate dairy. Mm. Courtney, yeah, I don't, I don't have whey protein. I have a plant-based protein. Yep. Um, usually derived from peas. I think it's a pea protein. Is the usual one that I have. Um, you mean the the sandpaper that you have? Mm. Yeah. I don't have pre-workout either. Yeah, you do. Just a different type. Yeah, well, that's true. So I don't have pre-workout powder. I don't have any sort of powdered artificial version of a pre-workout. What is Courtney's pre-workout? It's it's just an espresso shot mm. of coffee. By the way, proven to be effective. Yeah. So um, I don't have that. Matt, you have pre-workout. Yes. So in the answer to what should I check out first, well, whey protein is a great place to start. Yep. So she asks what type of whey. Well, there's really two main types. There's whey protein concentrate and there's whey protein isolate. To, to keep things simple, whey protein isolate is better but whey protein concentrate can be very, very good as well. The key with looking for whey proteins is to, like with most food and nutrition sources, is to look at the nutrition label. Check the ingredient list. Check the, check the ingredient list. So, for example, the whey protein isolates that I have will always have four or less ingredients. Mm. Usually the most basic one I have from a company here in Australia called Bulk Nutrients. Hey, if you're listening, Bulk Nutrients, like our shout-outs aren't for free. <laughs> and I've bought so much stuff from you guys. Anyway, <laughs> their their whey protein isolate has literally three ingredients. Yeah. The whey protein, the flavoring, and the sweetener. Yeah. And that's it. So in, in terms of ingredients, less is better, but you also want to look at the nutritional label with your protein and look at the per 100 gram measurement of protein. Mm. So with, with protein powder, especially if you want to have protein powder around your intense training sessions, getting some that is upwards towards 90 grams of protein per 100 grams of material and above is really good stuff. Yeah. I would say, especially with whey protein, because whey protein, it's it's tremendous all day round and all year round, especially effective in and around intense training sessions. Mm. I wouldn't consider having one below 80 80% protein, so 80 grams of protein per 100 grams of materials. I want to go higher on that scale towards the 90 yep. where possible. In terms of pre-workout, I mean, I've, I've tried heaps mm. over the years, including, by the way, these shots of black coffee. Yeah. Now, I actually think if I had my time over again, I would have started with the shots of black coffee because when I have had those with Courtney, they kind of have the same effect on me as buying a pre-workout. Mm. And I think in terms of assessing your tolerance, because a lot of a lot of pre-workouts, 
much like a lot of supplements, can be pretty dodgy. Yeah. Like I, I've had some in the past where they ended up being taken off the market because they've got illegal substances. Yeah, I was going to say, you do have to be careful with them. Bloody oath you do. Uh, I actually think I'd recommend for people now, for pre-workouts, shots of black coffee is a great jumping on point mm-hmm. because, well... It's very clear what's in it. It's very, it is, it's very clean. <laughs> the ingredients list is pretty simple. It's just coffee and water. Um, and you can also then, you can also really assess like, okay, if I've had, say for example, I've had protein powder before and after a workout, or before a workout in this case for quite a while, and the only one thing I'm adding differently is a shot of black coffee, then you are assessing that shot of black coffee. Mm. You're add, only adding one variable. Yeah. And it's a variable like where, where Courtney said, hey, the ingredients list is indeed quite limited and the benefits are scientifically known as a performance enhancer. Mm. And like I said, it's a it's a pretty easy starting on jumping on point for a pre-workout. I'd actually recommend that to begin with. Oh, so would I. And, and go from there. It, it's cheap. Yeah. It's effective. It's not going to get pulled from the market anytime soon for having illegal substances. It won't yeah, contain rat fe- it won't contain rat feces. No. It is clean. I think the main thing also to understand with the supplement market is go. that it's very unregulated. By very you mean totally? Totally. And anyone basically can put their face on a brand of protein powder. Including us. And it that's why you do get often lots that do get pulled off the market because then they get investigated. So It's really, especially what Matt was saying with the whey protein, it's really important to read the ingredients and to make sure that you're not getting something with a full list of extra ingredients thrown in. It's unnecessary. It is unnecessary because, as Matt said, his protein, his whey protein powder has three ingredients, max. So if you can get protein powders with three ingredients, you do not need to get a protein powder with 15. Um, Well, the more more ingredients that you'll find on protein powders – especially whey proteins, they'll become more protein blends where they'll start to fold in multivitamin uses, but also you do start to get like, you know, as we've spoken before about on the show, ingredients that you can't pronounce, numbers that you don't quite understand. Yeah. So, yeah, keeping it – you just keep it simple. Keep it simple. It shouldn't be too hard to find a whey protein with a limited number of ingredients. Well, I mean, any any supplement website will have a whole bunch of proteins on there. Just do head-to-heads. Yeah. Um, but it will be sometimes a challenge, as Matt said, to find a pre-workout powder that potentially suits the bill. Start with coffee. Yeah, I would. Assess. And, I mean, you may not need to go anywhere from there. No. As my beautiful wife can attest to. You may decide to branch out, but you'll, you'll at least have a very good, safe, cheap frame of reference to go back to. Yeah. And if you do branch out, I would always start small with protein with pre-workout powders. So start with a small amount. Well, the same thing with coffee here. So what? where do you start with coffee? Just like one shot? Yeah, I've only ever had one shot for a pre-workout. Yep, that's enough. That's enough. Yep. But some of those pre-workout powders can be very concentrated. Most of them actually are. And I feel like a lot of them, their serving recommended size is quite large. I would also say, actually, now we're can of worms coming up here. We've opened this one up. If you are the sort of person that likes to do your training sessions in the evening, really be careful with your serves of either pre-workout powder or even black coffee 
But there's plenty of people out there where once they get the caffeine hit... It will affect your sleep. It can affect your sleep. I, I'm fortunate to not be one of them, mm. but I've known Same. plenty of people that are, and that's just where Courtney brings up with your serving sizes, especially if you know that you're an evening person and caffeine can, can keep you up at night, just start small. Yeah, for sure. You can always increase. You can. Happy with that? Mm-hmm. All right. Next one comes from Emma. Once again, hello, Matt and Courtney. I am loving listening to your podcast. Keep listening. You'll get sick of us. And love all the advice and tips available, but I have a question for you. I'm not able to afford a gym membership. I'm doing exercise at home. I have an exercise bike and a small set of weights that I use. I'm a 35-year-old woman. I have a herniated disc in my lower back and find that it has started to play up more now that I'm back to doing exercise. I easily walk 10,000 steps every day as I'm a waitress in a busy restaurant. I also have a six-year-old son who keeps me on my toes. What exercises would you recommend for someone like me? I understand we absolutely haven't met, especially as I'm in the UK. Well, since we're in Australia, probably not. But any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Keep up the amazing work with the podcast. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think with any sort of injury, the best place to start is to get it assessed. I mean, likely Emma already has, but getting some um, exercise boundaries established from a physical therapist or a physiotherapist. Some sort of specialist. Some sort of specialist is a great idea. Not a GP. No. Um, Just to avoid aggravating any pre-existing injury any further. Um, That's the first place I would start. What about you? The first place is always to start with that. So let's assume that that has taken place. Okay. Where do you recommend some of this starts? Well, we've got to get some sort of weight training involved. Damn right. And we've got to do it from home. Damn right. The funny thing is, I was thinking when when uh, I was reading through this question, I thought the answer to this question is the same for anyone. Yeah who wants to look, function, and feel better, where's the best place to start? It's always with weights. Yeah. Regardless of situation, regardless of gym access, regardless yep. of injury, of course, with injury and, and sort of special conditions like that, what the weights program will look like will, will vary from person to person. But but conceptually, the answer is the same for literally every human being walking the earth or even not walking the earth. Even, even those that can't walk too well. The answer is the same. Weights. It's always weights. Mm-hmm. That is indeed the best place to start. So Emma mentions having a small set of weights to use. Start with that small set of weights and eventually you're going to outgrow it because that's the thing with small sets of weights usually at home is that if a program is structured the right way, you will outgrow it pretty quickly and you start to turn that from a small set of weights into a less small set of weights Yes, and start to build up from there. That's the place to start. Yeah. No, no questions asked. There is nothing better than just being strong as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add? 
Well, I mean, it just it helps with everything. Like it's going to help with body shape changes, desired body shape changes, but also just help with everything else. Help with if you've got. I mean, Emma has a quite a physical job, um, being that she works in a busy restaurant. She's on her feet a lot. It helps with that. It helps with a young son. A young son one must keep up with. Yep. So. I think what you're referring to is functional strength and functional ability, mm. which is a tremendous benefit of weights. And as you, I mean, hey, body shape, like yeah. yeah. Also, ultimate stimulus for actually losing weight and and body recomposition. So by body recomposition, I mean more muscle, less fat, which leads to, as Courtney said, body shape improvements. Just pump the iron, man. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got one here from Gillian, who we need to give special reference to. He's one of our absolute best clients over in Canada. Mm-hmm. Who was sent through three questions, two of which might take a bit of discussing. So, righto. Are you ready? Hi, Matt and Courtney. Thanks for that. What are the top three things you have seen your clients struggle with the most on their weight loss journeys? And she adds, maybe that's a whole podcast answer and way more than three. But if you had to pick your favorites, well, we've picked three and they're not our favorites. (laughs) We don't have favorites. However, I mean... It might be a whole podcast answer. We're about to find out, Mm. aren't we? So we thought about this and we've both written down three things. Do you want to go first? Ladies' choice. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll go first and we'll we'll talk through it. Yep. And so I've actually written mine in order of one, two, and three. Okay. The top thing I see people struggle with and have over the entire time is number one is unrealistic expectations. Mm. What is possible versus what is realistic or what is achievable? That for, for the bulk of clients that I've seen where they where they really start to come up against it is that. Mm. So here's an easy example. We talk about how this takes time, how it's taken us time, how it takes successful people time. You know, we we always work with people for longer-term periods of time. So in our line of work, a general long program that a trainer will have with their client is 12 weeks. That is the, a drop of water in the ocean for us because we understand that this does take longer. The phrase we use is, it takes longer than you want but happens faster than you think. However... Even though we talk about and waffle on about all this shit about how it takes time, you always get clients that think, you know what? I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to be the person that absolutely nails this and kicks ass and dominates this in the first 12 weeks. And I'm going to solve all my problems quickly, even though no one else does. Hint, no, you are not that person. No, you are not that special. No, get your head out of your ass. Yeah. That is by far number one. Also, unrealistic expectations about difficulty and unforeseen things that will come up. It 
you know, oh, for this to work, it has to be a smooth ride. No, it doesn't have to be a smooth ride. And also, no, it won't be a smooth ride. It's probably going to suck multiple times along the way. And there will be times where the universe will say to you, hey, pal, how much do you really want this? Because I'm testing you now. Yep. And also unrealistic, unrealistic expectations around a person's performance. Like if you aren't someone who's stuck to something long-term, it's going to, there's going to be bumps in the road when attempting to stick to something long-term. So number one, unrealistic expectations by far. Number two, they're not being honest about their non-negotiables. Mm. So we happen to have a tremendous podcast episode conveniently titled, What Are Your Non-Negotiables?, which I think was season four off the top of my head. A great listen. However, the reason I've got this here is that it's one thing to say, yep, I'm ready to put myself first or at least put myself on equal footing with other things in my life. I'm ready to prioritize my gym or my training or my meal prep, I'm ready to do what's required to achieve my goals. Then when the rubber meets the road, the action doesn't quite match the intent. Mm. Because, hey, we've all got good intentions. And if you want to see how, you know, how real a person's intentions are, just watch what they do. So often what I will see is people will talk the talk. Then when it's time to walk the walk, like, uh, 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 you aren't where you said you were on your list. Now, when we talk about non-negotiables and you being on your non-negotiables list, that doesn't have to mean we're saying you must be number one in your life because, no, actually, you don't. However, you probably shouldn't be number 10 on your non-negotiables list if you're on there at all. So what I'm talking about is you can have kids and be a, pet, be a parent. I'm not going to say to you, you must be more important to yourself than your kids because you know who would say that? An insane person. Mm. That's not us. However, however, being up there in the same vicinity is going to be very, very, very helpful. Same thing with family or work. Like I'm not going to say... Me personally, I'm not going to say on my non-negotiables list that I, my own health and well-being is necessarily miles above our work because if we don't work, then who gives a shit about our, our health and well-being because we can't do anything. Mm. However, I am right there on the same level as it. And so where I see clients really come unstuck is that they're either not honest about their non-negotiables or they're realizing, you know what? I'm not as high as I thought I was. And that's why this is not getting done. Mm. And that ties into the first question that Ricky asked about client success rate. A lot of reason I do see clients drop off is their non-negotiables aren't honest and mm. clear. Mm. Number three goes to resilience. The moment things get hard, they fold up like a cheap deck chair. I mean, it's like I said before, there's parts about this process that's going to suck and not be fun. And shit's going to get hard. Like, I mean, our our gratitude episode, Courtney, like we, we spoke about 
I mean, is even a hard time in our life an accurate phrase? No. Like, fucking nightmare. But you still, you still got to, you still got to carry on, don't you? You sort of, what's the phrase? Move forward. Mm-hmm. You know. And for me, I see people. I mean, you find out what people are made of when times are tough. Anyone can be a good time Johnny and anyone can be a good time Jane and anyone can kill it when shit's easy. Like, who fucking cares? Not impressive. When it gets hot in the kitchen is when you find out what you're actually made of and you find out how strong and unbeatable you really are or, honestly, you find out how piss weak you are at a given time. Mm. And so often I will see, for me, what I've got as number three is when clients are challenged, so challenged by circumstances in life because, hey, in life sometimes shit just happens, or challenged by us because we, we're we never rude to clients because, you know, don't be a dick is a pretty good thing to live by. However, you also, if you see bullshit, you must call out bullshit. Mm. Sometimes people don't respond well to having bullshit called out, but you know what? We'd be doing a disservice and being disrespectful if we didn't call out bullshit when we see it. We owe it to our clients to be like, hey, this is bullshit and here's why and we want better for you. We know you can do better. Sometimes people don't respond well to that, which might mean they're not ready to be coached yet or they're not ready to face the hard times yet. But definitely resilience and a lack of resilience muscle is up there. And that's where I find on the flip side, clients that really, really do well long-term are ones that, that – push through despite the challenges because then they learn, oh, actually, you know what? I can do this. I can handle this. I can handle hard situations. I can still persevere. Great confidence builder. Mm. Man, I've waffled on. No, it's good. What do you got? Well, mine mine are very similar. It's really hard to come up with three and like my top three that weren't the same. Well, still, um, you, you were explaining it. Your perspective was going to be but, valuable. Yeah, but so I, one I had to still include was unrealistic expectations. What have you noticed? I think with me, it's very much about got like often time is the biggest unrealistic expectation that people have. Um, how long it'll take. How long it'll take. Yep. Um, also just putting time aside to do things like food prep, like exercise, which isn't a massive time sink, but you do have to set time aside to do it. Well, I'll tell you what, it's also, it's it's a bigger time sink at the start when you're first learning like, okay, how do I do these exercises in the gym? If you're not new to meal prep, your first meal prep will take fucking Twice ages as long as, as, as it should. a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And you think to yourself, i got to do this? Yeah. My first ever meal prep took me six hours. Yeah. It does not take six hours now. No. I think that – I think a lot of unrealistic ex- expectations comes with time. Um, I think it also comes with things like comparing yourself to others. Um, in what ways? Uh, results. In terms of results and um, time frame based results, things like that. Um, I think you can get stuck in the diet mentality really quickly in terms of things needing to be short-term and to be done quickly. Okay. Would that also include like, I need to fix all these problems now? Yeah. Yep. So that also includes, you know, 
changing our habits. We all know that that takes time, but often we have unrealistic expectations about how long that's going to take. Um, I think as well, one thing that I've noticed in the past as well is a lot of clients have unrealistic expectations about what something like this does for their life in terms of this is just now your life. So this is what you're going to do. Like you're going to exercise. You're going to eat these sort of foods. Mm. Like I've had clients say to me, you know, that they want to go on holidays. I'm going on holidays on X time, so I'm just going to stop. And I was like, stop what? Like to me, like someone says to me, oh, do you go on holidays? Do you stop? Stop what? <laughs> this is just the way I live. So stop what? Mm. Exactly. Yes, I probably don't exercise the same way when I'm on holidays, but I would still eat the sort of foods that I usually eat, generally speaking. How come? I think for me there's a couple of reasons. One, my body gets used to it. So when I wake up in the morning, my body's used to having breakfast. Mm. If I go on holidays and suddenly start to skip breakfast, that's not going to be comfortable for me because I'm going to be hungry. So my, my body's used to eating at certain times of the day. I think as well it comes down to feeling your best. So when you're traveling, you're already going to be a little – your body's going to be a little bit out of whack, especially if you've been on an aeroplane or traveled quite a bit. Ugh. You can get quite bloated already. You can get retain a bit of fluid. You can just overall feel a bit under the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – it's also easier at that point to get sick, so you're more susceptible to in, to illness. This rings a bell. So you can you can help your body function the best while you're traveling by eating the foods that you know your body is going to respond the best to. Mm. And that's not saying that you wouldn't necessarily on holidays have more take out than you usually would or you would eat out more often or you would try things that that you wouldn't usually try in terms of food because that's what you do when you travel. But as a general rule, I would eat pretty similar foods because I know that I'm not going to have some sort of reaction to food. That's the last thing I want to do is while I'm traveling is to get sick or have some sort of reaction to something I've eaten. Mm. but to me it's it's just always been more of an interesting question because I don't see what I do as a program for X amount of time or or something I do until I go overseas. It's just something that I do. Like mm. um, so I think with, with unrealistic expectations, I don't know whether everyone always – sees that and sees that this is a we call it a lifestyle change and it really is but I think some people have this expectation that they're still going to be able to do this for x amount of time and then quote unquote go back to what they did before (laughs) but it'll be fine because they'll know better and they'll be able to handle the food that they used to eat before and that sort of stuff is that a form of denial yeah for sure um my second one was the inability to make mistakes. And this really comes more from clients who are too scared to make a mistake. So they will often cover things up that like Mm. cover mistakes up. 
So they won't admit that they've made certain mistakes. And I think with this one is a major, it's a major struggle for some people because you can't be helped unless you know where the problems are. And if you keep covering up mistakes that you make, you're not going to learn from them and you can't be helped. First thing I think of from a coaching perspective is if you are the sort of client that doesn't make mistakes, you shouldn't be a client. Yeah. I think with this one, it it's also that. But for me, it's also the inability to recover from a mistake. Ooh. So this is where then like what you said about resilience, Matt, comes in. Yeah. So it's one thing to make the mistake to acknowledge that you made the mistake, but then it's just to recover from that and to move forward. I think that there's too many times where clients will will really fixate on a mistake made and they really struggle to move on um, or to move forward from that. And that can be a real downfall. Often you'll see, it's actually a very good point because often you'll, you can see someone that will make one mistake, which in isolation, like honestly, who cares? Like who cares? But then compound it. Yeah. Because of choices or reactions that are honestly immature that t- turn one simple who gives a shit mistake into, oh, I fell off the wagon for a week. Like, really? You big baby? Did you have to? <laughs> like, where are your big boy in your big girl pants? Put them on. <sighs> one mistake, who gives a shit? Turning into a whole week? Like, no, you are the problem. Yeah. That's just an excuse at that point. So, does yeah. happen plenty of times. Oh, so, so much. So much. Also, Actually, I'm glad you brought this up. It's a great point. With with an inability to deal with mistakes is catastrophizing mistakes. Yes, yeah. Like, oh, I failed. Like, stop, stop. baby, stop. You haven't failed. Stop. It's fine. You'll live. As, as Courtney says to me, calm your farm. Calm your farm. Um, and my last one was uh, staying focused on goals. Please elaborate. So I think this is uh, where I've seen also a lot of clients struggle, which is that focus, the focus is um, often shifts shifts during the journey because it's long, right? Like we all know it's a really long time. And life happens along um, the way. And life happens along the way. And we usually start off with with goals. Like usually, well, for us, we always get our clients to make sure they've got goals. Um and that's in different layers. So you've usually got your big goals and then you've got your sort of flow on goals from that. And then you've got your process orientated goals from that. So there's different layers of goals, but I think that it's um, too many clients can get um, distracted distracted, mm. distracted during the, the time, especially if you are prone to things like comparing yourself to others, um, these sort of habits um i think that also we can fixate too much on one goal and we miss all the other things that are happening um so there's lots of different areas to focusing on goals but i mean i've even seen it where clients have been so fixated on a goal that comes up during their program wasn't their original goal but something came up during their program and then they fixate so much on that that they lose track of what their original goal even was which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we can we can switch up our goals, but it's a bad thing if if you're fixating on something that's short term, and you're losing sight of where you wanted to be in the long run, and it's derailing your whole 
plans. Um, so I think that for me, always making sure this one, what it just means to me is making sure you've always got a goal. You have to have a goal and you have to have process orientated goals, but then also just making sure that you're checking in with those goals. You're staying focused with those goals because it can so easily, you can so easily get distracted. You know what that all sounds like? What? Noise. Yeah. Shiny objects or noise or distractions? Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. We'll go on to the next question, shall we? Mm-hmm. Are you ever going to offer podcast merchandise again? <laughs> Courtney, when will you sell photos of us on pairs of socks again? I have no idea. I've never thought about it. I mean, we still got some stuff here in the room. Yeah, <laughs> like we've got, like I've still got in in the cupboard is the the fuck your diet singlet. Yeah, uh, the pair of socks is just up there with you and me on the socks. Might wear those to the gym this morning. Okay. <laughs> we've got the one hundred percent hoodie. Well, the answer to this question is I don't know, but we'll keep you posted if we change that. Okay, so just to add some clarity to that, so we we had a what we thought was a tremendous and hilarious podcast merchandise store, and I mean, hey, as long as we entertain ourselves, right? Correct. However, during during that period of time when we opened it up, like 2020, 2021, postage was awful. So getting things to places in a timely manner all over the world was honestly shite. It was just terrible. And the postage costs were insane. And we were also, at the time, we started working on our app, the, the, the sort of early stages of our app. It's like, well, you know what? We can't, we can't in good conscience, have a, a service to give listeners of the show what we think is pretty cool and useful merch if it's either not arriving or arriving in a terrible time and costing a buttload in postage because this, I wouldn't want to do that. So we temporarily closed it and fully focused on the app and now the app is up and running and, hey, it's great, just ask us. So are you ever going to offer podcast merchandise again? I think we might. We will see. Maybe. All right. Last question. Last question from Gillian. Thanks again for this, by the way. You absolute star. Yes. And also a tremendous question. What is your favorite mistake or treat meal at the moment? Courtney, what is your favorite treat meal right now? Uh, good question. My favorite treat meal right now would be... I don't think I can go past a burger, mm. a burger and chips, sweet potato chips. I think it's just so good. What sort of burger? I usually, uh, doesn't chicken, beef, doesn't matter, either or. Pickles. Pickles are, I used to think pickles were overrated. Pickles are the best. On burgers, they're actually... I think I'm I think they're growing on me. Pickles are the best. But I'm talking about like a real like good actually made burger, not like a McDonald's or any of that crap. Like mm. like an actual proper burger. You know this is quite funny. And it's 
I mean, hey, no wonder we're married. Because mm. I was going to say something very similar. Because my favourite treat meal right now is from a burger joint here in Australia called Grilled. Mm. Hey, Grilled, if you're listening, we don't do shout-outs for free. <laughs> grilled is, it's G-R-I-L-L apostrophe D, Grilled. An Australian burger company that I think are actually pretty good. Yeah, they are. So my favourite treat meal at the moment is a grilled healthy fried chicken Australian barbecue burger, which is their version of healthy fried chicken. Mm-hmm. What else is on there? Tomato, some lettuce. You add pineapple. And of course, of course, because I have pineapple on everything, you know I have pineapple on my hamburgers. So I have their their healthy Australian barbecue, or health, so I'm sorry, healthy fried chicken Australian barbecue burger with added pineapple because if you don't add pineapple to your burger, I question your life choices. <laughs> and we also, Courtney and I then share a little bucket of sweet potato fries and the term fries is misleading. These things are sweet potato arms. Yeah, they're massive. Because of the size of them. And we'll also wash that down with a Pepsi Max or, if available, a Coke Zero. That right now is my favourite treat and... I don't know we might we might have something like that like what once every two or three weeks, Courtney. Yes. Like it's gotten to the stage now. I don't even think of the time between our treats because I love my staple foods so much. Yeah. Like I'm not going to speak for you, obviously, but for me, I love my staple foods so much. I actually don't think now of like, oh, I've got to have a treat this week. No, I, for me, I don't. But when I do. The last few times, we've gone and smashed the burgers. However, even though it's been a couple of months since I've had one, I cannot let this question slide without saying the words chicken parmigiana. Yeah, you love that. Do I ever? And I think, Courtney, you can't let this question go by without talking about a little thing we like to call ice cream. Ice cream, yeah, I was going to say. The only other one would be ice cream. Ice cream and chocolate are usually my go-tos. Mm. Mm. But the last couple we've had have been the burgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if we're talking about an actual meal, oh, it I would should also be... mention, on a gluten-free bun. Yes. Because that, that gluten-free bun, like, it sits well. Yes, it does. That's also, I'm glad you... All right, we're, we're, going, we're going deep on this one. I'm glad you brought up about, you know, not just any type of burger. Mm. These ones that grilled actually sit well. Don't feel like shit. Don't hit your stomach like lead. Yes. Which if you and I went and smashed some Maccas, I don't know how I'd go the rest of the day. Doesn't sit well. No. All right. Anything else you want to add to this? No, I don't think so. Well, let's wrap it up for this one. So we will continue to canvas for questions. And, well, we may do another one next week. We may not. We don't know, which is really not helpful. But I guess, you know what, depending on where you are in the world, come next Monday or maybe next Sunday, depending on where you are. If you see us, you do. If you don't, you don't. (laughs) If you don't, you don't. However, I will say, last because obviously we're creeping up towards this little thing called Christmas. Yes. I mean, has Mariah started singing it? 
Like, have you heard it yet? I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it is started, yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's just around the corner. So last year, as a special bonus, we ran our Christmas Survival Kit podcast as a bonus going into the Christmas period because, hey, you know, we like to do these things. This year, we will be running, regardless of whether we, you hear us or not next week, we will be running a special older episode of ours that relates to the Christmas holiday period that we think will be of use to you right now. So, hey, you haven't quite got rid of this yet. Yep. So, I, given the way our last few podcast seasons have gone, I expect we'll be back next week yep. with more questions because... Tends to happen. Tends to happen and these are fun. So, you know what? We'll probably see you then. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for joining us and I think we'll see you next week. See you then. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 